Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Ireland's Aviation Podcast. Neil Murphy, welcome to Squawk 7000. Good to have you on the episode. And I couldn't resist having a chat with you when I found out what your plans are for October 3rd of this year. Tell us more. Thanks, uh, Michael. Thanks for having me as well. So October uh, this year, I'm doing the London Marathon. Uh, I've run a few marathons in my time, but this is the first one I'll be doing for a Guinness World Record uh, and for charity. So I'm running uh, dressed as an airplane which might not make much sense when you say it, but hopefully when people see photos, they'll kind of grasp uh, how that looks. Uh, and I'm running for Brain Research UK uh, to try and raise funds for their research. So so the, the, the total goal is initially to finish the marathon. Uh, and then obviously, if we can get a world record out of it and as much publicity and money towards uh, Brain Research UK, that's the, the, the final goal, really. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment, but I'm fascinated by the fact that some people do find themselves, particularly in the London Marathon, running dressed in various different costumes. So I, I, is there a special category? I mean, are you uh, are you given any advantage or, or how does that actually work? There is, yeah. So uh, like I said, I haven't run dressed as anything other than myself before, <laughs> but I, I have a friend who ran two, two years, three years ago now, dressed as a post box. Uh, I think that there seems to be no limit as to what you can run. Uh, a world record for but uh, I chose an airplane obviously for a very special reason uh, which we'll get on to but um, yeah I think the, the, there seems to be quite a focus for London it seems to be quite a charity focused race so uh, I thought that was the best possible uh, course really. You've an aviation background of course and an aviation family and I want to talk about your dad in a moment what's your own flying story? Yeah I do I've been flying now for uh, nine years sounds crazy when I say it like that yeah nine years I started off uh, in college, uh, no flying, and luckily enough, got the Aer Lingus Cadet ship, went off down to Spain for uh, just over a year, uh, came back, started on the um, A320 in Dublin with Aer Lingus. We, uh, we were there on flying around Europe for two odd years, but still kind of finding my feet, and then uh, a pretty opportune contract came across in terms of uh, ASL and uh, the 757. So after about two and a half years on the 320, moved on to the 75, uh, flying across to kind of the east coast of the States. Uh, and I've just come back about a, a year and a half ago, back to Aer Lingus again, onto the A330. Uh, and of course, COVID hit and mm. we all know what happened then. So it's been a different uh, year and a half. It hasn't been, it's probably been the longest now that I haven't been on an airplane in my entire life, I imagine. Uh, so it's it's taken a little bit of getting used to, but getting there. And it's something, of course, that you and your colleagues are all facing, which is just the idea of even just keeping current and, and getting the opportunity to get a few flights in. 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think at the, uh, at the outset, it was, uh, it was a shock for everyone. It was, took a lot of getting used to. I, like I said, I, I hadn't been outside of aviation for the last not decade really. So to suddenly find yourself grounded like that was, uh, was quite a shock. The idea of trying to get everyone current or keep everyone current was a logistical nightmare. And it's unfortunate that most people or a lot of people, myself included, haven't been able to keep current, uh, which probably explains the, uh, the marathon challenge and <laughs> the crazy ideas that come to you. But no, it has. It's been a tough year and a half to try and keep yourself occupied mentally before uh, hopefully getting back into uh, some swing of normality. You set a target, what, of about £5,000 or more? Yeah, so I set a target of £5,000. I, I got the entry uh, to the London Marathon through the charity, through Brain Research UK. Uh, they were very uh, helpful to get me into it. It's quite a tough marathon to get into. There's 50,000 people, which I believe running it now in October, wow. which is a, be a scary thought with uh, the amount of COVID tests we'll have to do. So yeah, they, they, they had a, I mean, they asked, you know, what would you think you'd be able to? I took 5,000 out of the air. I don't know if that's high or low, but uh, doing quite well on it. I've been lucky enough to get two sponsors on board. I've had um, Avalon. Uh, they've come on. I've uh, been very grateful for their help. And uh, Frequency, which is uh, actually a colleague of mine who's uh, in the aviation world. Uh, it's his new uh, company. And the reason Brain Research UK brings us, I suppose, to the main purpose of our chat this evening. Brain Research UK, uh, I guess it all falls back to why I'm doing it really. I'm doing it for my dad. Uh, and if, if anyone has seen uh, the 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 donation page, there's a bit of a story, a background there and what happened, but to kind of cut it short, in the end of 2018, probably September, October 2018, um, my dad ended up in hospital, um, out of the blue really, a few tests went on and I'd say by the end of that year, he found out he had a brain tumour, a glioblastoma, which... Uh, I hadn't done any research into. We weren't. We were. We were asked not to do any research into it. And now that I've done the research into it, I can see why they ask you not to do it. It's not a very pleasant uh, condition. It's not one that people have a long life expectancy from. Uh, so that was the end of 2018, and by May of 2019, two days before my birthday, he unfortunately passed away. So it was quite a, a sudden decline. Six seven months from finding out to getting buried was uh, it was a rapid decline. It's been tough for everyone's been tough for my mom, tough for my sister, myself, my wife. Everyone's found it quite difficult. Yeah, and now even, you know, two and a half years on, it's still still coming to terms with it. So yeah, like I said, I did a bit more research into it after uh, the fact and my wife is a, a sort of in the medical um field as well and I I, I it's just one of those conditions that there doesn't seem to be much, you know, when you, when you Google or go on to certain pages, the brain research UK page itself, even they don't really give you a prognosis. They don't really give you a life expectancy because they just don't really know. And I think that falls back to the amount of research or about they know of them. So yeah, that's, that's why I decided on brain research UK. It felt like the, the only uh, natural fit really was, was to, um, to try and do something if I can in a sort of meager and, as albeit embarrassing way now to run through London as an airplane, but I'm, I, my hope is just that it brings a bit more attention to uh, to, to the glioblastoma and to brain tumours in general. So, 
I had the pleasure of, of working with your dad, of course, uh, Mike Murphy, and it is fascinating, uh, you know, if you've, when you're thinking back to it about, as you say yourselves, the impact that it had on the family, but also on all the people who knew him, but just how quickly it all happened. Yeah, absolutely. So he, he'd been in Aer Lingus for, God, come, touching on 30 years, I think. We never got to fly together, unfortunately. So he would have had a lot of, a lot of colleagues and friends in Aer Lingus. He remained in the, in the industry in, in terms of in SimTech. Uh, with Shay and working away there so and I think that kind of it was reinforced really when we we got to the funeral and you know your mind's a blur and you don't really know what way's up but walking out we saw the guard of honor everyone in uniform and it was I it was one of the only things I really remember from that day was uh, seeing my colleagues there in their uniform and just how many of them Um, and it meant a lot and I think uh, it meant a lot on in terms of the respect people had for him and you know you kind of you, you you don't really appreciate all that until uh, until it's too late, I guess. So, well, your dad's career would be one that we would be celebrating on Squawk Seven Thousand if he were with us. So, we're going to hand that honour over to you uh, on this particular episode. Tell us about the man and his love of aviation. Yeah, so uh, I, I, well, I definitely got my love of aviation for him, and he was he was you know from he started off uh, I had to actually double check this with my mother but I think it was it was 86 or 89 I think he joined Aer Lingus uh, and prior to that then he was in Logan Air the shorts based up in Belfast I think uh, joined Aer Lingus then like I said in 86 or 89 and he seemed to phone every possible type uh, within Aer Lingus and I remember he was on the shorts I remember he was on the Fokker he was on multiple 7.3s he ended up on the 7.4 then and that led him to Cargolux uh, on the 7.4. That was a contract for, I believe, a year or two. That would have finished up just before I was born in 92. So he, uh, he came back to Aer Lingus and he was, uh, went through the process. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't, uh, uh, it's just vague, vague memories of Fokker flights down to, to Cork or, or Kerry. And uh, I, you know, from, it's quite a cliche saying, but from, from the day one, really, I just remember following him on every flight i remember walking through the uh, the old car parks in in dublin airport early mornings misty mornings just to go on trips with him to anywhere anywhere at all luckily enough then he ended up on the 330 uh which was uh great for me great for my experience to see uh so i went on as again like i said as many possible trips as i could uh he retired in 2010 quite a bunch of them retired then in 2010 and he I think he was still quite young at that time, so it was probably a bit of a shock to a bit of a shock to all of us, to be honest. When he was, you know, going around from hanging around at home fixing things that probably weren't broken, so he went back again for a year uh, as an FO. That uh, the early mornings probably didn't really suit him then, so he wrapped it up then, and he was lucky enough then to uh, start work with Shay in Simtech. So uh, he came through, or he came across. I, I mean, there's guys and girls joining. Airlines, Aer Lingus, Ryan, or whatever now, who I wouldn't even know, but would know my dad from from various courses throughout Simtech. So he uh, he loved that. He he really enjoyed that, and he did that right up until the end. Really, you know. Mm. So. Where is he from? He was from uh, Cumber up in uh, County Down. But I mean, as far as I would say, he's from he's from Tyrone. He's from Oma. So he would have had a a, a nice weekend last weekend if he was <laughs> around. But. Uh, his favourite place in the world was up in Bunkrana, up in Donegal, and uh, that was a lot of our childhood holidays spent up there. So, yeah, they moved down. My mom, Dennis, from Belfast, so they moved down. Uh, God, it must have been 1989, 1990, I think. Uh, started off in Scaries, 
And then we moved out to uh, Ratoth when I was probably two, one or two or maybe three. Uh, I can't recall that far back, unfortunately. But yeah, we've been living in Ratoth then ever since. And uh, he was sitting there with the planes flying over his head for his happiness. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You mentioned that you know you you took every opportunity to go for for a trip and for a spin, and when your when your dad's the pilot, uh, you know there's 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 a there's a certain cachet to that. I'm thinking about though when it might have started to cross your mind that it was a career for you too. Do you recall those early conversations? Was he enthusiastic, or did he time put you off it maybe a little bit? Yeah, I think I think I don't really remember a specific conversation. I think it was always sort of there that I wanted to do it there was always the interest like I said I would go on every trip I would I would if the if, if he was going into SEP I nearly wanted to go into to, to ground school with him it was mm. I think it changed once he got onto the 330 and once I got a bit older and we went on trips it would become a bit more could you do this would you be willing to do this uh, he slowly then sort of drip fed me the, uh, the, the light aircraft flying. I remember going up for a flight with Cliff Levy out in Weston 
long time ago now. And I think once he saw that I came out of that with a smile on my face, I think it was kind of game over and mm. it had to be. But uh, his his old, whole idea behind it was go to college, do something there first. And if you feel like you want to do it after that, we can look at it. But luckily enough, or, or unluckily maybe, the uh, the cadetship came up kind of bang in the middle of my, my time in college. So that brought an end to my non-aviation career, really. <laughs> His style as an instructor, of course, uh, certainly this, the, the, the mic I know uh, from, from, from that side of it was, uh, you know, watching him teaching and, and watching him setting up uh, processes by which people could learn as well. Uh, anything he taught you from the flying side of things, apart from being your dad? He was just such a pragmatic guy. I remember every exam I went to and I'll always stick in the back of my head it was RTFQ uh, <laughs> every time. You go ahead, read the question. Yeah. And... It, it, he was never in a rush for anything. Um, I always remember that. He always had a calm demeanor about him. I never saw him him hurry or rush in any of the flights that we went on in any aspect of life. He never he never lost his, his sort of control of things. And it's something I've tried to emulate. Um, but I think that's obviously something that's, that's bred into you as well or born into you. So, um, But yeah, his, his calm um, definitely comes across. And uh, I think people kind of remember that from from his instructing days did he bring aviation home with him absolutely yeah absolutely yeah he lived it yeah yeah i mean he 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 spent a lot of time um as in, in, as a trustee on the, pen, the pilot pension uh so whether he liked it or not that was coming home with him so yeah i mean he did he he, he wasn't you know he never we, he never ventured into the the light aircraft side of things or the the flying as general aviation sort of stuff. And I think that was probably more of a, he didn't have the time more than anything else, you know, but no, once, 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 for example, once you get back to the SimTech side of things, uh, he was always busy and he loved that as well. He loved having something to do. He loved the task. He loved, he loved, I think he, he, he liked to complain about it, but I think he loved getting the calls. He loved being able to pass the advice on and, you know, he might complain about it, but he would have sat for an hour or two hours on the phone to a guy if they had a question, you know, so. The illness that, 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 that took him, I'm wondering what, what, what did it call on him and in his character when it happened? He, he was a very proud man. And I think in his head, this was just a blip. And it's a blip that he would cross and no one needed to know when he'd get back to life and move on again. Mm. Uh, and I think in a part of my head, I hoped it was a blip. But I think deep down, we kind of knew it wasn't. But I also know that deep down, he probably knew it wasn't either. Uh, so uh, he was always a sort of, like I said, a very pragmatic guy. And he always had a plan for everything. And that was probably one of the hardest parts for him was his was the lack of control of it. And it was obviously tough to see that as well. It's tough to, to watch that, you know. And I'm curious about what's motivated you to keep up this now, even still, years later. It's... I mean, it's it's two years, two and a half years now, and it only really settled in recently that it, that it's happened. You know, you kind of go through the phase of grief, and I'm sure there's various different phases for everyone, but mm-hmm. it now feels like the time where I might be able to do something. I don't have a scientific background. I have no scientific bone in my body, really, so I won't be the one who's able to, to do any practical research into it, but if putting on an airplane costume and running to try and raise a bit of money can help. That's what I saw as the first possible uh, course of action. But it's something 
I find a little bit of solace in. My wife's mother uh, passed away from cystic fibrosis uh, and she's still very active and involved in the CF Foundation. So I see the solace that it brings her and it's, it's, it, it acts as a, as a reminder, I guess, that my dad was there, that he went through that and that he still exists. And, you know, for his face now to be plastered on the front of a big green airplane running through London would be um, his worst nightmare, I'd imagine. I'm inclined to agree with you from my memory of the man. Um, and I, <laughs> yeah. I also wanted to give him a little tease about his um, his dress sense and style. He introduced me to some uh, very fancy shirts at one stage, uh, which, uh, you know, if people who knew him would immediately know where I'm going with that one. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I think he had, he, he was like a Homer Simpson in terms of the locker, the, the, the wardrobe. It was, it was shirts and chinos and shoes, you know, every day. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad someone took took the smart uh, dress sense on. As you can see, I certainly haven't. So. Neil, the the event now, as I said, is coming up on the third of October. How can people contribute to it? Because having listened to the story and listened to your motivation to get involved in this, let's see if we can also pull in a few heartstrings and get people uh, to get them. So we'll put a link, of course, on the podcast uh, page for you. But uh, just tell us about the process. Um, so the fund I chose comes from uh, the London Marathon, um, all the charities that are obviously British charities. I think ultimately it's a kind of a borderless disease. It's a borderless problem. So whether it's UK or Ireland is, is kind of moot. Uh, last year at the start of COVID, uh, I naively tried to organise or I did organise a, a run amongst our, our, all of our colleagues in Erlingus. Uh, we managed to raise touching on 3,000 euro for the Irish Cancer Society. So we, we, we got everyone active for a few weeks and uh, then the lockdowns hit and we, uh, we all went back to our couches again. But yeah, so uh, I chose Brain Research UK because they, they, they were the, the, the brain research charity uh, that, that will be involved in the London Marathon. Uh, and in terms of getting in, in involved or looking through, there's, a, there's a, quite a good page that I have on the Virgin Money uh, giving page, which you'll have the link below. You can, you can keep up to date on all the, the runs I'm doing. Uh, you can donate if you wish. Uh, and I'll keep, uh, I'll keep posting updates as to uh, when it gets closer to the day as to how difficult it is to squeeze the costume onto the tube or <laughs> if I'm getting stopped by the, the Met Police for why I'm walking around as a giant airplane. So, What colour is the airplane? It's green. Green oh, with a white tail, would you believe? <laughs> it would have to be. It's copyright. It? Yeah. That would have to be, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Neil, I just want to talk just a little bit more about the condition that took your dad, and that is the rarity of it or or, or otherwise. And, and as you say at the beginning, when it happened, you were almost discouraged as a family from finding out more. Yeah, I remember the day we found out exactly what it was, and the, the doctor himself told us not to research it. Now, I'm sure that's probably a widespread thing. It's probably when you ought a good time to get your medical advice from Google. But yeah. when you do more research into it, you find kind of why that's said because of the severity of it. It's not a tumor or a cancer that really comes with much of a chance of survival. And it's obviously one as well that they just don't know a huge amount. I mean, when you look, through i have the brain tumor charity website up as well and you know they even say that nothing can be absolutely certain and that seems to be the whole mantra amongst the glioblastoma is that they're not really certain with anything uh, and you know that the, the option it was there and they did operate on my dad but it just wasn't enough it wasn't uh, it had spread so much so um it's just it's, it's quite a difficult one and it's uh <laughs> 
the more research you do into it, the more disheartened you might feel because it seems like a losing battle. But uh, it's just one of those those rare conditions that I think uh, you know some people can be unfortunate to 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 have or find themselves with. We wish you all the very best on the 3rd of October. We'll keep an eye on you and see how you're doing. Neil Murphy, thank you for joining us on Squawk 7000. An absolute pleasure to chat to you tonight. Thanks very much, Michael. I appreciate it. To get the news first, subscribe now to Squawk 7000 on your favourite podcast platform. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.